the Sitting Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everyone. This is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. We are going to be talking today about the model business license ordinance uh, developed for compliance with the South Carolina Business License Standardization Act, Act 176. And for that purpose, I have assembled a couple of the Municipal Association's staff members. So please welcome back to the program, Caitlin Cothran, the Association's Manager for Collections Programs. Caitlin, how are you? I'm great, Russell. Thank you for asking. It's good to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. And we also have with us Eric Scheidel, the Association's General Counsel. Eric, how are you? Uh, I'm great, Russell. Thank you. It's uh, it's springtime and the birds are singing. <laughs> it's all good. A little too much at my house, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to get started, Caitlin, you have in multiple times and places asked to explain what is happening with Act 176, the... Um, the new standardization law. So let me ask you, can you explain to us what this law is, what it does, for those who haven't heard? Yes. So like you said, it's Act 176. And the point of this law was really just to streamline the process, make it easier for businesses, reduce confusion, so that across the state they knew know, what rate class they fall into, what their NAICS number is, and things like that. Um, It does standardize several things like due date and license year and gross income period, but really it's just to simplify and, like I said, reduce confusion. Um, Because we often mention the exact dates, the single due date and the license year, what are those? The due date now is April 30th, so the license year is May 1st through April 30th, with the due date being April 30th and May 1 being when the penalties start. So this is really a question for both of you. The The association has created a new version of the Model Business License Ordinance and is strongly encouraging municipalities who have business licenses to as I understand, repeal these existing ordinances and replace it with the new one. So to help the listeners understand, why why is that? So the way I've been explaining this to many of the cities I talk with is you need to think about it like this new ordinance is you becoming compliant with Act 176, with the law. Whereas prior ordinances were the association recommending best practices for approaching business licensing, this new ordinance is outlining how you become compliant with Act 176. Now let Eric explain that. Oh, thanks, Caitlin. So, I mean, Caitlin's right. Under prior to Act 176, the the Home Rule Act, Section 5730, which is the Home Rule Act, essentially just gave cities the ability to levy and collect a business license tax. That's pretty much all it said. Um, There were specific amendments to the law over the years in cases decided, for example, how you treat wholesalers. 
how you treat there, there's a, an exception that was put in within the past two years for how you business license tax a professional sports team. But these, these were kind of odds and ends that were just specific applications of how you could do your business license tax. So our model ordinance in that context was, Hey, here, here's, as Caitlin said, best practices. Here's, here's, here's the way we, you know, we think you could do this, but mm-hmm. you, you have a lot of local option to vary this. Act 176 that that passed last year um, standardized a lot of things. So, and a lot of these things are are really almost housekeeping details. Like, when does your license year run? You you may have decided locally to have a a July first license year, but th- th- that is you know that was a local decision. But it makes it hard for businesses that do business statewide because mm-hmm. they're looking at different license years in different cities. So so the act was really designed from from the business's point of view to say, hey. We, we want you to have the same experience in in getting your business license from all the jurisdictions you do business in, in terms of what the application looks like, when it's due, what class you're in. But the act, importantly, didn't interfere with your ability to set your own rates locally. It didn't interfere with your ability to, to use your business licenses the way you have traditionally. It simply said, here's how we want you to structure it. But But those changes are significant enough the law has enough specific requirements in it that, that we feel now that our, our model ordinance is no longer a best practice. It's, mm-hmm. it's effectively required by state law. And, and so, so with that being the case, you know, our, our view is you, sh- you should adopt the model ordinance if you want to be in compliance with the law. There's a second part of your question, which is why are we saying repeal and replace mm-hmm. rather than amend? And, and the reason for that is because the, the, it's a complex ordinance. I mean, I, I, I know that we, we, we want to tell everybody this is a manageable process. We're here to help. And our thought was if you try to amend what you have now by specifically amending certain sections, there, there's a pretty strong chance that you miss something in the act or you create an inconsistency within your ordinance. Mm-hmm. So we've really, we're really strongly recommending that you just repeal that ordinance, start clean with an ordinance that we have reviewed, that we know is compliant, and that if you take this, start with that, and, and then apply it locally, that you're going to avoid any of the pitfalls that we see that might happen by an amendment process. Absolutely. So, so Eric, can you walk us through what all is in this new model ordinance? Yeah, Russell. So, so as I said, I mean, I, the, the the model ordinance is 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 ten pages long. There's a there's a fair amount of detail in there because. Putting together your entire business license program requires that you think about a number of things. Mm-hmm. F- fundamentally, the ordinance imposes the requirement that you have and display a business license if you're doing business. That's the fundamental requirement of the model of the model ordinance. You have to have and display a license. And then the, the next thing that the that the model ordinance says is say, okay, if you're going to get a license, then w- what do you pay for it? And there are really three components to what a business pays. The, the first is what class are they in? You know, what class is that business in? The, the new law and the model ordinance requires a st- or imposes a standard class schedule. Your, your class schedule will be updated every two years based on uh, a draft that's prepared by the municipal association and approved by the state. Um, and, and you just have to, you have to have that standard class that puts business into classes. Once a business is into a class, the, the next component of what they pay is based on what's the rate for that class. The rates are not standardized. The state law allows you to set your own local rates. 
Um, so so you, you retain that flexibility. There is a requirement that your first year under the new model ordinance be revenue neutral, that you don't get a windfall from changing to the new model. But other than that, you, you can set your local rates. Mm-hmm. That was a big victory, I think, for the municipalities of the state during this process, that they kept the ability to set their own rates and raise revenues as they traditionally have done. And then the third component to w- what a business pays, to recap, you put the business into a class, there's a rate that applies to that class. And the third component is what's their gross income? What income do you apply that rate to? And the new law has a number of specific rules on how you calculate gross income for wholesalers, for broke, you know, for agents. There's there's a number of specific requirements. Mm-hmm. And so the model ordinance contains those specific gross income rules. So, so that's, you know, the second thing it does is how do you pay for your license? The third thing it does is it is it handles administration of the issuance of business licenses. How, how do you administer the business license process? Which means you, you can you can make inspections of businesses, you can perform audits, you can impose penalties for late payment. Essentially, the, the mechanics of when a business applies for a license, you determine their class, their rate, and their gross income, and then you want to administer it. So that's that's the third thing. The fourth thing is it provides, as is required by state law, an appeals process. If you assess a business and you say, okay, business, you're in this class and here's your gross income, and they object to that, there's an appeals process. That's, mm-hmm. And so our, our model ordinance um, is compliant with state law on what the assessment and appeals process looks like. The fifth thing, um, and this is important to a lot of our cities, is it addresses what, what I think of as regulatory applications of the business license. Now, what I mean by this is you may use your business license for purposes other than raising revenue. If you have a nuisance business, uh, you know, a restaurant or a bar that, that has a crime problem or you have a hotel that's, that's a, it's a center of crime, there are times you use your business license. You might revoke a business license from a nuisance business. You may suspend a business license. You may deny a business license to a particular applicant because of, of certain things in that applicant's background or their business. So, so the, the ordinance provides for how you do these things. And then there's the enforcement thing. If somebody, once you've gone through the application, assessment, administration, and enforcement of the ordinance, if somebody's in violation, how do you enforce it? Um, And and so it provides for that. So, you know, the the picture here is that it provides the, the process from start to finish through you have to have a license. Here's how you get a license. Here's what you pay for the license. Here's why we can take your license away. Here's what happens if you're out of compliance with mm-hmm. the ordinance. Many of these things under Act 176 are specified now by state law. And, and that's why the model ordinance, to go back to your earlier question, that's why we're saying you really should use the model ordinance and you, you really should repeal and replace. Now, a question that I've been getting a lot already from, from local attorneys is, do we have to adopt the model ordinance word for word? Do we have any local discretion? And the answer to that question is, yeah, you, you have some room on particular questions, like the regulatory functions that I mentioned. But, but the law is sufficiently involved and the ordinance is sufficiently carefully considered that I feel like before making any changes, you should check with your city or town attorney and you should encourage your city or town attorney to reach out to me so mm-hmm. that we can have a conversation about is this change consistent with state law? Is this change consistent with the other terms of the model ordinance? 
um, give us a chance to work with you on that before you make any changes. Yeah, I, I agree with what Eric's saying. And I'd also like to add that, you know, we really took this Act 176 and we said, okay, well, let's look at the model ordinance and let's let's review every single word in there, every single sentence in there and question, why did we include this? Do we need to keep it? We really went through it with a fine tooth comb when we created the 2022 model ordinance. Mm -hmm. um, we included three different attorneys with various backgrounds, at least 10 different staff members. So we've been very careful with what we're doing here. And, and a when lot we went say, into this one. Yeah. When we say repeal and replace, it, it's, uh, it's very serious that you try not to redline and and update your current ordinance. So when when Act 176 passed in 2020, and we may have not stated that January 1st, 2022 date earlier um, when we were talking, but the law has that compliance date of uh, January the 1st, 2022. And from the time that the law passed the association has been working hard at offering guidance to cities and towns and will continue doing so throughout this year 2021 so uh, a question for either of you or both of you once cities and towns have reached the point where they can adopt the ordinance and once they've done so what will be their next steps as they continue the standardization process. So uh, I wanted to back up a second. I like that you use the words once they've reached the point that they're ready for the model ordinance, because the association has, like I said, we, we've taken a very detailed approach to this. We've been very careful and we've developed a seven simple step process to mm -hmm. to get you there. It's on the website. Yes, it is on the website, www.masc.sc, and the keyword is standardization. Um, so you can go to the website and see the seven steps. Uh, we tried to break it down because it is a lot of information, but it is very manageable. You can do this. Uh, we're here to help you do this. So the model ordinance is one of the last steps that we're asking you to take. We, there's a series of things you need to go through to become compliant, including updating your NAICS information and rebalancing and things that we've previously mentioned. You but, said NAICS. NAICS, yes. North American Industry Classification System. It is the six-digit code that you give to a business to identify them by industry and sub-industry. Uh, it's important that everyone's using the same NAICS numbers because that is how a business is going to be identified across the state. Mm -hmm. Act 176 specifically says that you have to use those North American Industry Classification System codes. So the model ordinance is one of the last steps. And when you get ready for it, we do have the model ordinance. I want to be clear that if you've adopted the 2019 or the 2020 model ordinance, when we say the new model ordinance, we're talking about 2022 model ordinance and the 2021 class schedule. The reason those numbers are different is because, like Eric said a few moments ago, those are adopt that class schedule is adopted every odd year and it's approved by the South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office. And so that's why it says 2021 and the model ordinance says 2022. After that, um, you are good to go. 
once you get to the step where you adopt the model ordinance and you notify your stakeholders, that would be the very last thing you need to do. I suggest you do that along the way. We also have language on the website of who to notify and how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is step number seven on the site. <laughs> but um, you're good to go. I mean, the you have to be in compliance by January 1st of 2022, like Russell said a moment ago. So essentially, you need to have completed all these steps and adopted the ordinance by December 31st of 2021. Okay. Yeah, no, I just want to echo what Caitlin said. I mean, the, the actual adoption of the model ordinance is neither the first thing nor the last thing that you will do in the standardization process. And so I want to, I mean, that's really what I want to emphasize is that our recommendation, I mean, particularly me as a lawyer, my strong recommendation is, is that before you adopt the ordinance, you, you, you want to get everything in order in terms of your rebalancing, in terms of, you know, going through the process, the intake process, um, and and actually adopting the model ordinance in some ways, it's the most visible thing you do from the public's perspective. A lot of this is going to be behind the scenes, working on spreadsheets and communicating with association staff and your own finance staff. And so I feel like people want to rush to get to the adoption of the ordinance. But but I want to tell you, there's there's a there's there's a good bit of preparation um, that that in a, the most successful implementation of the new program, will there'll be a fair amount of preparation before you adopt the model ordinance. And once you adopt it, as Caitlin said, you go into the public outreach stakeholder communication process. Um, now, the reason I say this is I feel like it's important for our listeners to know the the 2022 model ordinance is not available on the website. And the reason it's not available on the website, if you simply go to the municipal association's website and type in standardization, you will find a wealth of very helpful resources that we've spent innumerable hours preparing but you won't find the new model ordinance. Mm-hmm. And the reason you won't find the new model ordinance is because we are convinced that y- you should do these other preparatory steps first. You should contact the association, understand what's going on. We're doing this with every city and town in the state. Um, we are here to help. So if you want the model ordinance, the way we're doing it is you contact your your person at the municipal association who's designated for your city or town and you ask for it. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're doing it that way is because we know when you ask for it, you're in our, I mean, what's the word? You're you're in our intake program. You've been, we will walk you through. We know you have the model. We know you're working on the model ordinance and we can help you through that process. Yeah, we're we're genuinely um, reaching out to you, trying to help you through this process. It seems like a lot of information. It is a lot of information. But like I said, we've broken it down into bite sizes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very manageable, and we are here to help you every step of the way. We, we've, we've talked about those assigned contacts. Uh, where can they find that list of the assigned liaisons contacts on So uh, we have that posted on the website. Mm -hmm. So like I said prior, if you go to www.masc.sc and use the keyword standardization, or I believe even if you type in business license, it'll it'll pop up that way too. But there's a standardization list that outlines all the steps like I spoke about previously. Mm -hmm. And on the left-hand side of that page, there is a link that says business license standardization liaison. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you click on that, it'll show you every city in South Carolina that has a business license and who their assigned staff person here at the association is. We've broken down all 234 of you and assigned you to a specific staff member who is going to help you through the process. Very good. Eric, Caitlin, that is all I had. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us and talking about this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Russell and Caitlin. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.